Hello, it's, uh, it's me, Anthony Gallegos, joining you for Rebel FM episode 379. Oh, not only did you not know the number of the show, you forgot your name. I feel sold out then because someone in my in my Discord said that it was 379. They're so I was fucking like, they with you. What's up. They're fucking with no, you. No, they're like fucking with you. And I, they might actually be fucking with me. Yeah, true. To be honest. I thought it was 379 because they said so. That's yeah, 391. And I felt so good about that. <laughs> I rebelfm.libsyn.com. I mean, yeah. I looked up the name of the game that I played before I started the show, so I remember. You know, that didn't tell you what the fucking episode <laughs> number is. It's October 2018. I'm joined by Arthur Geese <laughs> and Mash Andrew. <laughs> yes, I am here as James well. James Faulkner's not here. Nope, he's dead to us again. Yeah, James, who? Uh, James has yeah. got work stuff going on. James who? James who? Um, James who will be here for Extra Life. We might as well get that out of the way. Yeah, extra like, Life. We're planning on doing there, it. There had been some discussion about doing it a week early. Yeah. But a week early is TwitchCon. <laughs> a week early we had talked about doing it because then we don't compete with like every other place out there in the world doing it for yeah. their dollars that you we know that you're also fans of other people. Yep. So basically, if you listen to this and you're fans of other people, they're going to get enough money. <laughs> Give it to us. <laughs> to be fair, it all goes to the same children's hospital. It does. It doesn't really no, it matter doesn't where you go to the same children's well, it, hospital. Well, it goes, you can, de- you can designate where it goes. I should say, if you're supporting anyone in the Bay Area, it's probably going to the same children's hospital. Just so about. If you're giving your money to Giant Bomb or yeah. uh, the kind of funny guys, yeah, that's probably where it's going. But yeah, yeah. Like uh, like you said, Anthony, they don't need your money. There are going to be how many how many tens of thousands of dollars are we? Hundreds get? of thousands. So <laughs> we could. We're hoping we are. We've raised a total of twenty six thousand dollars apparently over the years. Yeah, and we're looking to break thirty thousand of lifetime contributions this year. We feel con- We feel confident you can help us do that. Yeah. So. So if there's a, well, we'll try to figure out fun stuff to do. Yeah, and there's going to be all kinds of cool games out. I yeah. mean, honestly, there's there's I've been I've been saving up some party games and stuff too that I thought looked really cool. Yeah. So I wouldn't even mind checking out the new Mario Party at some point with you guys. I haven't oh, heard that. Cool. I heard the new ones actually not okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb. I have not okay. So I'm prefacing this with this is entirely talking out of my ass yeah. because I have not played the new Mario Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do not give a shit about Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a hard time imagining that at least 70% of the hype for the new Mario Party is people just liking that they have something else to play on their Switch. <laughs> yeah, it's also I, that Mario Party 8 and 9 were so bad with fucking up the format that I they feel like Mario Party's popularity is directly proportional to the popularity of the console that it is on. They I, I played some Mario parties in the past that we had a lot of fun with in like on group what events. system, Matt? On GameCube, uh, probably. Yeah, GameCube. And, and I'm trying to th- maybe the Wii. Was there one on the Wii that we yes. played? It might. It was probably the Wii. Yeah, the slightly successful console from <laughs> Nintendo. And then the second Wii one sucked, and then the Wii U one was terrible. So, uh, um, but yeah, maybe I. I have a couple of. There's another party game that looks a lot like Mario Kart, but it's made by a couple people, and it's on Steam. It looks quite excellent, hmm. and actually way cooler than Mario Party. Cool. Um, <laughs> but aping off Mario Party, but not confined to be only Nintendo-friendly. 
So, right, right. Um, it's, it seems pretty cool. Uh, like, I'm not shitting on people enjoying that game. If you enjoy that game, that's fine. Like, enjoy any game for any reason that you want to. Be an idiot and enjoy. I'm just saying <laughs> that I feel like idiots. There is, a, and I feel like this has existed basically since the Switch released, which is like people are excited to play things on the Switch that they would not be excited to play elsewhere. Hence, you owning two dozen games. I bought a game last night played. and I played it and I was sad and I realized that the Switch. Is like I've officially the switch has become like comic books for me, where unless someone tells me this thing is good and I think they're smart, I can't trust my judgment to go into the store. <laughs> no, the switch it. is the Vita for you. <laughs> yeah, but even the Vita didn't have so many things on it for a long time. Right. Well, the Vita never had like any sort of snowball effect. Right. Like the switch just this week got like thirty games released. Right. Whoa. Because everybody, well, everybody's trying to get games on it before all of the games are on it. Right. So mm. it's it's crazy. Like literally like thirty games this week. Jesus. And so. I bought one last night that was like ten dollars, and I was like, "That's a really cool art style. Maybe this is like this is gonna be a really cool fucking." What thing. is this fucking game? It's called. I had to look it up because it's got such a weird name. This is the game whose time you dedicated to learning the name of instead of the episode. Jedo Miro, Hero of the Universe. That sounds terrible. You play as a big clumsy <laughs> robot. The style is cute and cel shaded, and you play as like a kind of looks almost like Jet Set Radio mm-hmm. art style. Yeah, and you walk around on little planetoids, Mario Galaxy style. You travel between planets. You're really clumsy, and as you walk around the world, your little clumsy robot's like, I just gotta not hurt the humans, but sometimes you walk past to collect things, and you just, like, accidentally kick a skyscraper, and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it sounds really cute, but it's like, uh, each pl- so far the game's exactly the same, no matter where I go. Walk around the planet, mm-hmm. there's no real consequence to walk around the planet, collect the things, travel to the next one, do the same thing, travel to the next one, go to a different universe. Oh. And, and in each universe, maybe I'll fight a boss, but boss fights literally are quick-time events. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ah, this yeah. seems kind of lame. Yeah, I, it has like story reveals that you're doing over time, and I and the story reveals seem kind of interesting. I think that we're going to find out that all these big robots that I fight, like Godzilla style, on these planets, when I meet them, I think that they're bad. And I like my guys decided his mission is he has to kill them because they're obviously going to hurt the humans. But I have a feeling they've all been erected by the, the humans defenders. because I'm the evil thing that has somehow forgotten how evil I was. Right. Um, so like a really cute, you're so premise, clumsy, you're evil. A really cute look. Yeah. But like the game, just so far is like paper thin. Uh. Just like to me, it seems like if I was working at a place and we had produced like a bare minimum gameplay alpha, I'd be like, you know, this kind of shows like the core systems. Now we're going to layer in more things on the planets for you to actually do. They just so never took that second gameplay. step. Exactly. That's how it feels. So yeah. that's one that I would give a big fat pass to. If, <laughs> if you're like me and you go into that Switch store and you look at things and you hear certain premises and you're like, oh, this seems cool. I'll take a risk. Maybe don't. Just don't. <laughs> go to people you trust and it's not going to be me because I'm not going to keep spending my money like that. I just, like. I feel like the era of taking a risk on a Switch eShop game ended like a week ago. I mean, yeah, there's literally so many. Like right And right now, this last week, there's so many good things to play anyways. You just you should just get Mark of the Ninja. That's what you should get if you want a new game and you never played Mark of the Ninja. Apparently Mark of the Ninja not running so well on Switch. Really? I mean, I'd be surprised. That's not terribly surprising considering the Dead Cells also doesn't run very well on Switch. I played a ton of Dead Cells and never felt like it was that big of a deal. Occasional slowdowns, but You nothing. are not a person especially sensitive to these things. No, but I mean, I've fucking played a ton of Dead Cells. I've played like 20 hours of Dead Cells between the PC and the Switch, and it doesn't really bother me that much yeah. on the Switch one. But, but yeah, the Mark of the Ninja remaster is running at 60 on everything but Switch right now, apparently. I think you'd probably be fine. I mean, 
check out some stuff, but I bet you it's probably totally playable. Also, if you own that game, there's a pretty good chance you can get the remaster for free on the platform <laughs> you own it for. I mean, that's weird that it wouldn't run that well because it ran fine on Xbox. I mean, I played through it on Xbox 360. Like, I don't know. They might have just tried to make it do more than it was supposed to because I think that they redid like the graphics and everything. That could be. Um, but I mean, even then, there's just so many good. There are plenty of good things to play on Switch, and by plenty, I mean like ten. <laughs> and then everything else is definitely a big fucking buyer beware. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was talking with Matt too that you know it's kind of weird to me that there's a bunch of iOS things there that I'm kind of interested in playing, but yeah. they're all like t- the like iOS price again plus ten dollars. Yeah. 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 And so the like, iOS price plus ten dollars. Yeah. That's how it seems. Like if it's five dollars on iOS, it's fifteen <laughs> on the Switch and stuff. It's like the Nintendo tax. Nintendo takes ten dollar cut off of every game or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's just like Yeah, I think that that's exactly what it is. I'm yeah. just not willing to pay that much for a game that I've already played on iOS. Especially because well, some of them I know what they are. Yeah. And they're like a three minute iOS game. <laughs> put it down, play for three minutes, which is fine. Yeah. Like I totally want I'm totally okay with having this experience on console as well. For the price that I kind of got used to, like right. I don't know. I yeah, it's I, like you you have a thing that's been your expectations have been set now, rightly or wrongly. What a three dollar game experience is, and if that three dollar game experience is suddenly thirteen dollars, there better be a reason why it's suddenly thirteen. Right, especially when literally I have one in my pocket that already has the game on it, and one <laughs> in my bag that doesn't, and uh-huh. I'm like, oh, these are. These are so... I mean, the price is literally, f- like, four times, you know? Right. Like, it's, uh, it's really tough for me to do it like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, um, well, like the... Um, what was the example that you gave me earlier? Oh, it was oh, Game it was like Dev Story. Story. It's, like, $12 on Switch, and it's, like, a game that came out in, like, 2012 or something like that, or even probably yeah. even earlier, probably yeah. 2009. Super early. On iOS. Yeah. A Kairosoft game. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, probably, like, 199 or something like that on iOS. Yeah. So, it's just really hard to see that you know yeah um without Game feeling like story remastered without feeling like they're doing it just because they hope people have never seen it before and they're willing to buy it you yeah. know and i don't it, and that's me being assumptive but it, but it's like it just doesn't make me feel good about that purchase whereas if it was you know two dollars and there was like a kairosoft pack that was ten dollars like five of their games which are almost all the same i yeah. would still totally buy that because <laughs> yeah. i've played through like fucking like a uh, game dev story and game hot spring story yes mall story i've <laughs> right. done all those fucking games um yeah uh but other games i've been finally playing a lot of into the breach turns out that game is pretty good i really? never played into the breach when it came out earlier why? this year because i why w- didn't you play it i didn't play it because i wanted to wait for a switch version that's what i was waiting for I knew there would be a Switch version. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wait for a Switch or an iOS version. That's what it was. Because mm-hmm. I liked... The primary place I ended up playing FTL was on um, iPad. Really? Yeah. I didn't really like playing FTL on the iPad. Um, hmm. but was it, was it too really, hard? Was it harder to control or anything? It just didn't feel as intuitive as, mm-hmm. as a trackpad, honestly. Which is because yeah. most of the way that I played that game was actually on my MacBook. Like, next to me on the couch while I was doing something else. <laughs> right, right. Because it's like the perfect game to do that with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I really like Into the Breach. I love the the different elements that they introduce as you're like working your way through the stages. Yeah, although I will say that I get a little frustrated sometimes when I go into a level and I feel like two turns in, I've hit a no win situation. Yeah, sometimes where I'm like, oh, I, I think it's literally like I I think about it and I'm like, I think it's impossible for me to turn this around. I just don't <laughs> think it's possible. Yeah, 
you know, and, and it's because like I made like one bad move and it didn't attack, and I'm like, ah, oh, wait, I want to go back. Oh, mm. wait, I literally can't. You can't even restart the level. Yeah, I know. And so it's like, it's constantly the, saving on you. But I do the like the whole, but the the thing that makes it fun though is their whole metaphor that like they're sending people back in yes. time. And so you can abandon the timeline at any right. time. Right, you can abandon the timeline restart. and they just like send the people back in the back from the future again yes. to try again. <laughs> totally, like that that stuff totally works. The different mechs you unlock is are interesting. Yeah. Although I, I was surprised that it was like it isn't like you know mix and match mechs. It's like the whole unit of three that right. you take is different. Yeah. Also, the first time I had a pilot die in a mission, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's fine. I think they just crashed, right? And then I'll be fine with them on the next mission. <laughs> and I was like, oh nope, they're fucking dead. It's <laughs> yep. just like a robot that replaces them. Yep. I was like, oh. <laughs> And they lose you lose all Fuck. of their pilot skills and everything. Yeah, like yep. it's, so it's been surprisingly brutal. Yeah, but that game has a really satisfyingly deep like combat system. Absolutely. And when you pull off like a perfect round, and what perfect round to me means none of the buildings took damage. None you, of the buildings took damage. You got all the collectibles. You did the bonus objectives. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying even just like a, a turn, a perfect oh. turn. Oh, none uh-huh. of the buildings took damage. Yeah, it feels really good because. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, how is it possible for me to stop six guys from doing damage to buildings? Yeah. And then you do the right things to knock guys around and stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Like, you know, that was the solution. And sometimes yeah. the solution involves you making one of your guys intentionally take damage yep. and stuff like that. But it's just like, you know, it makes you feel really smart with, like, a tiny battlefield, too. It's the battlefields are so small. It's it's turn based. It's on a grid, and the grids are like what, maybe twelve by twelve, or, yeah, or like twenty a, by twenty, maybe, maybe half the size of a chessboard. Big, yeah, like, super small. And so you feel really smart when yeah. you manage to pull these. things It, off it looks. Them. It's basically the size of like a Final Fantasy Tactics stage. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, and it's cool. I yeah. mean, it's just it's got like you know, just when I thought I was getting bored with the three units, I unlocked the next three guys, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, these guys do some wild shit compared to what I was used to, <laughs> right? Um, so I've been pretty happy with that game. Like that's definitely an excellent game, and you know runs well. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you just got it now because it just came out. It came out a while Switch. ago. I just never played it. It was one of the, those games also sitting on my Switch that I never played. Mm. And then I was looking for something that I could play, and I realized that that game is like literally something I can play for three minutes and be done because I can probably finish <laughs> a, a turn or even a whole round. So let me ask you, when did you buy this? Whenever it came out, which was probably at least two months ago or more. <laughs> and you hadn't touched it until now. Negative. I and yeah. did you start playing this before or after the last game you talked about that's bad? Before. Before. Okay. Yeah. So I, I at this point, I could probably delete everything off of my Switch except for Into the Breach because the other things I just haven't touched in forever. So Right. And you probably won't. I mean, yeah, like I downloaded Vainglory, which is like the free-to-play MOBA. Mm-hmm. on there which was pretty good they put fucking vanglor i guess that makes sense it was pretty good mobile, on ios it's a mobile buh yeah. yeah exactly it was yeah. decent on ios so i was like i'm curious to see what this is like i'll try it maybe talk about the podcast and then it's just i just don't get around to it so then it just ends up taking it but that one was yeah. less free right so right right yeah i I'm, i can be a bad bad boy about those things oh i think i have been playing though yeah. an actual video game mm-hmm. not that these other things aren't actual video games but one <laughs> video game i've been playing through finally is yeah. soma which was oh, free yeah. last month for people with switch prime it's like one of the twitch prime games but i just 
got it on Steam a long time ago and yeah. never played it. I watched you play a little bit of that on your stream. That then like that game starts out with you shooting children. <laughs> Different game. Oh, that's I forgot I Soma. played that too. Yeah, that game is called Visage. Uh, and Visage is an early access game that is very clearly inspired by PT. Yes, because in PT, the game from Hideo Kojima that never came out, right. it heavily implied that you went crazy and murdered your family. Yeah, and, and then, this game just shows you murdering your family at the start. And and the and PT was like a just a horror like kind of demo experience that was on the PlayStation for a while until yeah. they just took it down when the game got canceled. Right, and so this is like the same premise. You murder your family, and then it's now you're in a house, and you're wandering through the house, and, like, scary things happen. <laughs> um, but so far, because it's procedurally... The world is not procedurally generated, but the scares, and when they happen, are procedural. Mm. I find that they run into all the same problems that any procedural horror game runs into, which is that sometimes they do audio stingers and stuff, but maybe you weren't looking. A challenge yeah. that you are extremely familiar with. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe you weren't looking. Yeah. yeah, so you'll like go and there'll be like a stinger, and I'm like, what happened? Uh-huh. Where, where, where was the scare? I was ready for the scare. Yeah. Like, I missed it. I missed it. So uh, It's but, almost disappointing when you don't jump out of your seat when there's like a music singer. It's like, what? Exactly. And I'm like, ah, oh, what? But yeah, that game is very PT. Like, mm. like super inspired by it to the point where what half the game you're picking up things and rotating them and trying to figure out, like, what am I going to have to do to trigger the next things to kind of push it forward? Do you just keep running in the same circle of hallways? So, no. That's the thing is you're walking. It's, it's a house. It's just a static oh, house. Okay. So, you can kind of explore and walk back and forth. But the advantage PT had over that is because they were looping you through the hallway section. Uh-huh. Every time you went and opened the door, you knew you were progressing yeah. through something. You know, right. if the door didn't open, you understood that in this very limited space, I have to do something yep. and then trigger the next loop. Right. This doesn't have that. So even though it's a very small house, um, it feels, it's only like a four bedroom house mm-hmm. upstairs and downstairs. So, you know, I would love to live in a house like that, but, 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 yeah, but right. it's no means like a mansion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just surprisingly just you end up wandering aimless a lot. And it has really rave reviews, I think, because people are like, oh, it's like scary in a way that like PT and stuff. But eventually I was just like, I kind of just don't care if I don't really know how to go. So yeah. I'm just going to kind of move on. Um, so that so that was Visage. What about Visage? Soma? Soma is from Frictional Games, mm-hmm. which are the people that made the Penumbra horror series. Is kind of where they got a lot of their like start to fame. And then they famously made Amnesia. The Dark right. Descent. Um, and they did not make the second Amnesia, but that was another company, Chinese Room, that kind of took their IP and made a second game with it. Mm. So Amnesia, Dark Descent, a horror game where you were like in classical times, couldn't defend yourself, but it had all the physics where you clicked on something and pulled your mouse back to open it. You could open doors that way. So the physics of still opening things, opening the doors, that's still part of Soma, but the premise of Soma, uh, you know, I'll have to have some light spoilers because there's really no way to talk about Soma. Mm-hmm. Without like the statute of limitations is kind of up. The there. light spoilers is this. You have a brain problem. You go and get your brain scanned. And the whole plan of this is that by doing this crazy deep brain scan, they're going to develop a treatment plan for you. The second you get the brain scan, you take off the helmet after the brain scan, and suddenly you're no longer in your hometown. You're in a fucked up undersea base, very Bioshocky. Well, and you're trying to figure out why there's all these robots running around that A, have gone crazy, but B, when you find sane ones, also think they're people. 
they don't know they're robots. Oh, wow. So you'll find one, and he's, like, pinned under a machine, and he's like, mm-hmm. you have to help me. You have to get some help. My legs have been crushed. I really need help. And you're like, you're not a person. He's right. like, okay, what the fuck's wrong with you, weird guy? Like, <laughs> find a person. I'm hurt. I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. And so the horror of it is, it's it's not like boo horror. Mm-hmm. Like, there are moments where you're like, the, you know, it's every, even when you encounter enemies, it's usually like one enemy at a time. And it's how am I going to puzzle my way through the environment to kind of dodge and keep out mm-hmm. of sight of him. Mm-hmm. Or it might be an enemy that can't see at all. And because it's physics-based, it's going to be about like picking up things and throwing it against a wall so that you can kind of lure them where you want them to so you can get to things. Um, or maybe they're light-sensitive, so you know you can go to certain places in the light and avoid it. Oh, I see. It's a super high-tension game. The hmm. story is really fascinating and... I would highly recommend, even if you're scared of things, like if you should find a group you could play with, because I think ultimately the questions it asks about what makes a person alive or not is pretty interesting. So, like, you see some of these people, and a light spoilers, that some of these people's brain scans, the reason these robots think they're people is because at some point they opted in as a human being to have their brain scanned. Mm. And now those brain scans have been imprinted on these robots, and these robots have the full mind, memory, and feelings of that person. Hmm. Like, remember, like, how, if you've ever read any Ray Kurzweil, he mm-hmm. talks about, like, the, what does he call it? The moment where we're going to, like, basically become immortal by, oh, right. by uh, having our brains uploaded in a way. Oh, what's the word for that? But Is it upload? No. No, it's, it's, but, he, but there, it's like, there, there, there's a word for, like, when It's like almost technology like the transcendency or something. Yeah, where, like where humans and technologies merge so much that, like, we effectively become immortal and could create infinite copies of ourselves. Right. And, so, but his point, though, yeah. is that, you know, he's very attuned with the fact that when that happens, um, when that happens, probably what will happen is we will upload our brain and our, our personality and everything will go on living in a digital place, but the body will die, which means that the right. net. The Matt Chandernay sitting in this chair with all those feelings will continue. It's almost the the problem of uh, the teleporter and what was that movie called? Where the technological cre- singularity, singularity, where they where that movie where he would teleport, but it would create a copy of himself, and he'd have to go murder his copy. That was a uh, with uh, Wolverine. Oh, the Prestige, the Prestige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. And so it's like you know, <laughs> there's this new version of you. Which one's the real you? Mm-hmm. And so. That's the same thing. So these robots have now woken up, and as far as they're concerned, they were these people that just had their brain scanned, and so they're like, where am I? Like, mm-hmm. I am alive. And so often you'll have to be tasked with things where you're like, I, to get through this part, there might be a cooler way to do it, but I also could just rip the thing that I need out of this robot. And so what you do, he's like, oh, God, please don't. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. And you're like ripping this thing out because you need this electrical <laughs> component, and it's kind of like, you know, that kind of makes you think about like, at what point are these like living or alive or or you know maybe your maybe your reason you need to go get a brain scan is because you're so fucked up that like after you get the brain scan you just think everybody is robots and you're really ripping out their femur. Well, maybe, but the premise of the, the, <laughs> I will say the premise of the game is by the time you wake up again some some small spoilers. I don't think it was any spoilers. The Earth is dead. Humans mm. are dead, mm-hmm. and so this is about the the space underwater where, like, the last few humans are trying to make a thing to kind of preserve some semblance uh, of humanity. I see, I see, I see. Because a comet has hit the planet that has just wiped everything out. Right. So maybe you were maybe you were like the vestiges of some dude that was brain scanned, you know, hundreds of years ago or whatever, and they just imprinted your brain scan on a robot. You're not you. You, <laughs> you understand Soma, Matt. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to kind of combat these things 
and it and it presents you with some strongly emotional moments about these things that hmm. are surprisingly effective when just talking about like is a person uploaded to a handheld walkie-talkie basically are they alive yeah like you know yeah they have all the memories and everything of that person they feel those things they have the same wants yeah you know so yeah exactly um yeah they even talk about things like the guy when they're talking about they're like is they're like what happens when they die yeah, what if I think about heaven and I believe in heaven and he's like, am I going to just meet someone and they're going to be like, you're just a fake. Get the fuck out of here. You don't have a soul. It's just really interesting <laughs> things that actually are surprisingly effective. Those guys did yeah. a really good job with that and I feel like that was a game that was largely ignored. Nice. Which did, is, you, did you? I don't think that's true. Critics played it, but commercially I think it was pretty ignored. I thought Soma did okay. I think it did okay, but I don't think it did very... like it. I don't think the company was swimming in cash after that yeah well not everybody can be a blue hole um true they're scrooge mcduck in it <laughs> uh yeah other than that it's just been the you know same old same old so same old same old, same old like sieges lots of sieging. siege and pl- preparing for the bobo oh uh, yes tonight which is recording tonight. how are you preparing for the bobo I made a locked Discord channel in the Discord that I was going to unlock when, <laughs> when it locks, just to let everyone know it's coming. Is there like a launch countdown for or that Discord? Uh, no, but I mean, we all, I mean, preparing for it just meaning that I preloaded it. That, yeah. That's about the most preparing I've done for it. Right. Um, I, I was like, I had pictures of you doing like Call of Duty drills or something yeah, like yeah. that. Sitting with my mouse, seeing how fast I could click my mouse. <laughs> right. It turns out it's not very fast. My APM in any game sucks. <laughs> I, did, I did APM tracking in StarCraft 2 one time and I was like, I feel really good about that. And it was like, your APM peaked out at 19. Yeah, exactly. And I was exactly. like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was, something, really? it was something low. It was like maybe high 20s. <laughs> but it was not that fast. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty low. Huh. Well, it, it's also like, you know, it. I feel like there's... APM isn't always the best measurement because I wasn't trying to go high APM. Right, I was just playing and, you, normal. and like you see like, you know, a lot of people playing StarCraft or Dota and you can just see them going... Every time that they click to move someplace, they click five times to move someplace instead yeah. of just clicking once. Yeah. Um, so I understand like that's not the best thing, but I just padding, felt like but, yeah. when I looked up like what what pros do and what I did, I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, those guys click their mouse more times in like three seconds than I do total APM. Yeah. Well, and that's so, why that's why they have uh, you know repetitive yeah, stress injuries. I'm just slow. That's what I discovered. <laughs> that's probably it too. Uh, yeah, and then I yep. was hunting around for Star Wars, Star Trek games to play because I've been watching some of Star Trek. It turns out there's one Star Trek game that is generally well regarded, but you can't find it legitimately without buying like a used disc copy. What is it Elite Forces or whatever? Yeah, and I don't even know if that'll actually work. Is that Voyager? That is the Voyager one. Yeah, with the Borg. Yes, that is generally made by Raven, a mm-hmm. shooter by Raven in the Quake yeah, Engine. I remember that game. So I kind of wanted to try it just to see, but yeah, I, I played like, that game. It was I fun. basically have to buy. I remember used, it being fun. I'm worried that like buying a Windows 2000 CD copy off of Amazon used is not going to function on a Windows 10 machine. I, but, there's like a good chance that it won't. But yeah. how much would you be paying for that disc? Like 28 bucks. People mm. want a surprising amount for that game. Yeah. So I mean, it's out of print. So that doesn't. Yeah. Super yeah. I was just surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that there wasn't a GOG or something like that with it. But it's mm-hmm. probably renegotiating the license. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it doesn't surprise I, me at all. I think I actually have that disc in like one of my CD books. Somewhere. You probably do. Yeah. In another state? No, <laughs> with me. 
I've always I've always moved very light. Like uh, up until I have the most furniture and stuff now that I've ever had in my whole life. I used to be able to fit everything that I owned. Uh, if I didn't have a bed, I could fit everything that I owned in a sedan because I moved so much. I just didn't even care. Wow. Um, have you done any research online as to whether or not people have like done mods or gotten it running? I saw a site called My Abandonware that had it, but I was like, that seems too sketchy. Yeah, to download from a place like that. But I'm I feel like sure. I've heard of that site. I don't know if it is sketchy. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. But that's the thing. I don't know. Right. So I, I don't. <laughs> Not worth checking. Who published that? <laughs> that was published by Activision. Uh, back in the day when Activision had the exclusive rights for like five years to Star Trek games. Yeah. And they went fucking crazy putting out Star <laughs> Trek games left and right. Just a ton of them. And most of them were terrible. Yes. That was the thing about Voyager when the Voyager one came out. People were like, "This is actually pretty good. This is to- Raven, totally competent I mean, shooter." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Arthur, you finished uh, the Assassin's Creed before we were yeah, started. Yeah, like literally just. We I heard, mean, we heard the big gem drop. I did not hundred <laughs> percent that game, and I will not hundred percent that game. I can't think of the last game I hundred percent. It doesn't like. There's a lot of stuff in that game that I'm just not interested in doing. <laughs> like, why would you hundred percent an Assassin's Creed I think game? In other Assassin's Creed games, it just seemed more manageable to mm. do. Yeah. Um, and with this game, there's just so much more stuff and I don't even necessarily think that it's like stuff of a higher quality than the previous games have seen. It's just more, Mm. um, and you know, I don't clearly you're getting a lot of, you got a lot of value out of, you know, what you, what you did play because you went through, like you were saying, you, you're not 100%ing it, but you completed a lot of stuff that most people won't complete. Right, but I guess, I like, define value, I guess. I don't know. Fun? Like, Were you having fun? I mean, you kept I did. doing it. You played through it almost entirely on PlayStation and then played through it a second time. I so it turns out, like, I was not even close to playing through it entirely on PlayStation. And the only reason that I was able to do it so expeditiously on Xbox One by comparison is because I could buy the XP boost. Hmm. That $10 um, boost. Sounds worth it. Like, there are nine... I mean, we can get into that in a second, but there are nine chapters, quote, mm-hmm. uh, for the main story, and I think that I was starting chapter seven on PS4 when I had to stop and wrote the review. Um, and those last chapters, like, really just sort of stretch out. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, of busy work and sort of, like, the level jumps at that point are so extended that it could be like 15 hours or 20 hours when you start level chapter seven. And when you finish the game at chapter nine, I'm pretty sure that the only reason that I, you know, like I like Assassin's Creed games, but definitely some of the ones, the only way that I even got as far as I did was because after a while I could just mainline the main story without being gated like that. If you, so that like the main story i think you probably have to be like level 42 or something to finish it mm-hmm. um i think some level eight if you <laughs> which is i mean you haven't been playing that long i guess <laughs> i've been playing like 10 hours is that what the hours. timer in the game says uh i think that's what the steam timer says i've been playing i would look at the tire the save timer in the game was pretty good yeah i mean like i played uh, i played too much yesterday i was up too late at night um and then uh i've yeah i've played at least 10 to 12 hours and i just barely got off the first island so like (laughs) i i i just saw 
the title screen that comes up that says Assassin's Creed which Odyssey. You, which when comes you up when you, get your, when, when you, you get, get your your ship. When you get your ship, yep. Uh, the Adrestia. It's um, <laughs> a late title so, screen, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you have to be around level 42 to finish the... Uh, the sort of like central quest, yeah. which I, and I can't even like sort of like use a euphemism for it because you're not far enough because the game doesn't really tell you necessarily what that quest is going to be. Yeah. Um, and to finish the, the cult quest, you have to be level 50 mm. to do that. I think, or, or pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. Like the enemies that you're finding toward the end are extremely high level. And it's like basically suicide to take something on. That's more than two levels above you. And even then it's hard. Wow. Um, and there is another quest line that I will not talk about <laughs> other than to say that all of the precursor stuff, like all of the, the Isu Layla stuff is tied to that quest line. And you cannot finish that quest until you hit level 50. Like it, it, it concludes with the most difficult boss fight in the game. Wow. Um, okay. And like, and I was level fifty at that boss fight. Yeah. And it was a boss that was level fifty. Um, so having played so much of this game now, uh, how do you feel about the RPG combat? I mean, I I know you have a review out there, but I'm curious what you feel at this point. Uh, I mean, about the combat or about. Specifically about like the the way that the combat works in being. I mean, I like RPG-ish. the combat. I think I don't think that the combat is RPG ish. I think that it's like Assassin's Creed Origins. Like, I think that the adrenaline bar stuff is fine. Yeah. Like I guess that's like a cooldown mechanic for skills. Yeah. Um, I think that that's all fine. I think that other games have done stuff like that. Like Spider Man does stuff like that in its combat. I think that Batman has done like combo finisher stuff. Um, and so in that way, it's really more like an open world action game than it is an RPG. Um, yeah. But I mean, like what, I, I guess, uh, you know, what I'm missing about it and it doesn't sound like you miss it, but what I'm missing about the Assassin's Creed style slash Batman slash Spider-Man style combat is that, uh, that I feel like I can just get into this flow in the, in those kinds of games. And Assassin's Creed was always like an action flow kind of game to me. Whereas like, um, with this one, while I appreciate the the added stealth mechanics, I appreciate them a lot actually. The what I what just feels strange to me. It almost feels like Dragon Age the way that I get into these group combats and I'm just like swinging my sword and like swing a heavy against somebody with a shield and uh, you know like there's lots of weapon options and stuff like that. But I feel like it's more it's way more button mashy and a lot less rhythm based. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I would strongly urge you to try the other weapon types. Mm. Um, heavy weapons go through shields, for example, like axes and hammers. Um, the spear is good for like big crowds, which the game actually sort of teaches you at the beginning with the sort of Leonidas sequence. How long have they been doing, the weapon mechanics where it's like other weapons. Cause for a long time, you know, it was like, you are the assassin. These are the weapons they wielded. I mean, ever since ever. two, yeah. like, two? honestly, oh, like, yeah. there were other weapons that you could use. Interesting. Um, although origins in this, I think are the ones where there is the most fundamental difference between in the weapons the weapon types, that, yeah. that you find. Um, yeah. 
I mean, because like even in even in two, it would be one of the main mechanics was like one of the big brutes with a giant axe would come up to you, yes, and I you that. yeah, and you'd put your weapons away so you were fighting barehanded, so you could disarm him and then Take use the his axe. axe against him. Yeah. Right, and you can fight unarmed in this and knock people out instead of killing them. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the combat doesn't bother me. I think that there's a decent amount there to sort of explore and like the sort of weapons and items that you equip can dictate what you do or what you do should dictate the kinds of stuff that you're, you're equipping. Mm -hmm. And I think that like I emphasize the assassin tree for skills. And so I was like, I'm already doing that hero strikes as often as possible. Yeah. Um, I think that the thing that strikes me that sort of is more crystal clear to me is that like, for this game, if you want to see the the Assassin's Creed story stuff, that if the, the reason you're coming to an Assassin's Creed game is for like the story and the narrative and that kind of thing, and it's sort of like get like a sense of closure mm-hmm. with that, like the way that you might have gotten from previous Assassin's Creed games, it's going to take you like eighty hours mm. um, to wow. do that because there are like the endings for each of the three sort of like primary quest lines are about the same length mm-hmm. and have their own thing to say about like the world that you're in, as well as like the meta narrative and like the conspiracy at the heart of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like people, I feel like there's a lot of conflation uh, online right now of people saying, well, you don't need the XP boost. You can get plenty of XP doing all this other stuff. And it's like, I, I'm not playing Assassin's Creed to do all this other stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm not like yeah, I don't want to do, to do like every every side fetch quest. And, yeah, like I don't like, want to yeah. fucking find every cave, and I don't want to like dive for every ship, and I yeah. don't want to like kill every fort. I don't want to do every bullshit side quest. Yeah, um, and like having to do some is one thing, and I sure. even with the XP boost, I had to. But it's yeah. just like it's not about there being too much stuff. Like I'm not complaining about there being too much stuff. I'm, I'm, I think it's a problem that I have to play a bunch of stuff that I have no interest in playing to get to the stuff that I want to play. Well, and that, and I've run into exactly that issue even this early on, you know, like I'm in a city right now where, uh, it introduces the mechanic where you're helping a faction take over an area. Right. Right. And so there's like these, one of the ways you can do it is by assassinating some of the leaders in this, in this area. And like, I was doing some other missions. I ended up right next to the leader and I ended up for a per in a perfect area where I could have assassinated him, but I'm level eight. He's level 10 and he's surrounded by level 10 guards. If this was, old school assassin's creed i just dive in and do it yeah but like in this one you know it's like no you have to go level and then you can come back and, and like doesn't... and i don't want to but see where where i've come in where i've come to this game is that like i love the way that this world is built and like like every assassin's creed game just walking around in these environments and just looking at the way that they represent these historical situations is amazing but i still find myself not wanting to go back to the area that I just went through twice. So what you're talking about, I think is something different from what I'm talking about. Like I'm saying that you can't do like, if you're doing story missions, like central story missions, like you're just not going to be able to keep doing those. Like it's sort of like undercuts its own momentum, but well, I'm saying those, those two things are kind of related. What you're talking about, I think it kept my momentum in a different way. I think ironically, those are the parts of the game that feel the most like Assassin's Creed to me. Really? In that, yeah, because like 
yes, there's like a, a, a nation leader who you want to make your target, but yeah. you can't just take him out. Like it, it sort of harkens back to the original Assassin's Creed where you have to do like a series of tasks to sort of weaken and expose the, the leader of, sure. of the area that you're trying to take out. And I think that that part doesn't bother me. It's mm. just that like that in order to do the things that you want to do, you have to do things that maybe you don't feel like doing. And it is very much like a JRPG that way. And that it just like wants you to grind out levels so that you yeah. can keep moving on. And, and I, f- I feel like it's an artificial way of trying to drag you across the world or like make you see all the stuff when if they were better at leaving breadcrumbs around the world, that wouldn't be as much of a problem. But like there are fairly large chunks of the map that I haven't even been to yet hmm. because you fucking don't have to. And I say this as someone who has killed every cultist in that game mm-hmm. of which there are like 50, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, I've, I've like done all of those things. Like yeah. I've killed every cultist in that game and there are still places that I haven't gone. And, right. and what's hilarious is that for some of them, it, there's like a real bullshit kind of needle in a haystack mechanic where you have to find them in the ocean um right and i just thank god that the game is out now so i can just do a google search and someone else has figured out (laughs) yeah where i need to be to make those things happen um so i my complaint is not that there's too much stuff to do i don't care that there's a bunch of stuff in the game that i haven't done yet like i think that it's fine that that stuff is there like maybe i'll I'll do it at some point i doubt it but maybe i will um i care that the game is obsessed with me doing a bunch of stuff that I don't give a shit about Yeah, to do the stuff I give a shit about. Right. And I think that if it didn't have a leveling mechanic, then that wouldn't be a problem. Um, but because it does, it is. Yeah. Um, but well, and that, you know, that ties into the same problems that I'm having with the game at the moment, but at the, uh, but I am having a lot of fun. I really like, uh, I'm playing as Cassandra as well. And I really like her as a character. I like having the dial, all the dialogue options, you know, the sort of like light RPG dialogue trees. Um, and the way that your decisions can actually affect the world. Like there's some, there's at least one pretty major decision that you can make early on. And I'm like, Oh shit. I bet if I choose this one way or the other way, uh, this could turn out really differently. And I made my decision and then I looked it up online and I'm like, yep, if I had chose this other option, it would have really gone bad, you know? So, um, and it affects stuff later in the game. And I hope there's a lot of that in the game or at least more than just like one or two like decision moments that actually affect the world. I think that there are some key moments that affect like stuff later. Yeah. Um, that sort of set things in motion. Hmm. Um, but I don't know how much it actually makes a difference. I think it's actually a fairly decent implementation of this thing for something that Ubisoft has not really done before. Yeah. Um, which suggests to me that they will be in other games because that's how Ubisoft works. Um, True. And you know, like I, I do enjoy the, the introduction of like our, a lot of the RPG mechanics, the, uh, getting loot and leveled loot and stuff like that, I think is totally fine. Um, I kind of enjoy, you know, like opening a treasure chest and getting something new. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, I do kind of miss uh, being able to just like 
you know, be a fashion maven <laughs> like you could in some of the other Assassin's Creeds where like you had you had gear that did matter and change your abilities, but like if you just liked one particular outfit, you could just wear it the whole game. Oh, uh, but you can elect to have your helmet disappear, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can just choose to even though you have all the effects of having the helmet on, you can choose for it just not to be on your character. Which is which is a nice touch. Yeah. Um yeah, it's fun though. I'm uh, I'm curious whether or not I'm going to stay with this one, or whether or not I'm going to fall off after you know 15 hours, like I did with uh, Odyssey. I just or it's with so Origins. Hilarious to me that you could fall off a game in 15 hours and make functionally no progress. Yeah, like, I know. How is that? <laughs> yeah. How is that a thing? Like I don't I don't understand. And yeah, like, just to get a sense of scale, how long was it to play through Assassin's Creed Two? 40 hours? No. I would say like twenty five, thirty, if that. Mm. Well, like, yeah, you're right. I did. I was kind of obsessive about that I game, and I did. Like, I did all the I did like, I did all the puzzles and side quests, so, and I was like searching for the. What feathers if I just and, wanted yeah. to play through the story? Yeah, he's Assassin's right. Creed yeah. I think yeah. that you could blow through the story, yeah. just the story in Assassin's Creed Two, in like ten or twelve hours, probably. Okay, and if I wanted to just play the story of this game, knowing that that means I have to do these side things and stuff. I mean, what does the story mean to you? The thing that would be the ending like you just saw. That took me 50 hours with the XP boost. <laughs> Goddamn. Which is a 50% XP boost, which means that it's like cutting down the amount of time that I have to play by about half. It's or cra- not half. It's just crazy to me that they would... Like a third. That yeah. they would... And I don't mean this in a negative way. It sounds like it, but like bloat it that much. Like, you know what I mean? Like This is what I'm saying, that it's like, why would you level gate that stuff that way hmm. like why would you make it so hard for people to see that stuff yeah because you can just have a bunch of other stuff in the game it has a bunch of other stuff in the game that you can do like there are yeah. epic ships that you can find mm. and like when you play a bethesda game you're not really level gated by things no. that often it yeah you just end up playing it all because you're progressing with it and it's progressing i feel with like you. At least not the recent Bethesda games, yeah. I, f- I don't know. I feel like in Fallout 3, Skyrim, and, F- and Fallout 4, like you could wander into areas that were too high a level for you, but then you Skyrim, just like, Skyrim, you could occasionally come across things that would kill you, but for, the, but, for the, <laughs> but for the most part, everything in the environment leveled as you did. Uh, th- leveled with you, but you th- then have so much armor at a high level that it made it much easier. I just think that there's like certain things that you find in that game throughout that just like are a threat for a really long time, like trolls. For yeah. example, in Skyrim, were yeah. always a problem. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, like I said, your baseline stats are like scaling, but then the armor kind of gives you above scale, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So I just like... It's... I don't know. I don't even feel like you need to make a game now that's designed for people not to sell it back because how many of your sales are digital where they can't sell it back anyway? Like... It doesn't matter. Like used games are becoming less and less of a factor. Like every year, hmm. um, like I think that we might be at the point where digital is just about even with physical. Really, for a lot of games. Um, Among the people I know, it's grossly digital over physical. But that's, I mean, Amazon sells yeah, digital codes now. Yeah, like that you get instantly. Yeah, like um, that's how I bought this because I had uh, a gift credit on Amazon, mm-hmm. so I bought an xbox one version of the gold edition on right. on amazon right right um, yeah, it just seems like if you want more people to finish your content that's making a huge ask of them 
but at my, the same time, uh, my biggest complaint about this game right now, though, isn't is doesn't have anything to do with the gameplay. It's the anytime there's any sort of uh, in-game cutscene, my frame rate goes to shit, and my screen tearing gets so awful that like I can barely watch What's it. What's your video card? 1080. 1080 or 1080 Ti? 1080. What resolution are you playing at? I'm playing at 4K. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but the game, but the game runs fine except in the cutscenes. Does it have a variable resolution option on PC? Uh, it ha- variable resolution? No, but it has. See if it has a resolution it, scaling. It option. It has a um, um, a dynamic quality scaling thing. Yeah, which, you should. Which I do have on, which is why which is why it runs fine in 4K almost all the time. I mean, what is it's cool because on the PC, like you can hit F1 and you can see like a huge, and you hit F1 and get some like basic frame rate stats. And you can see graphs come up. You hit F1 again and it gives you like a whole like side of your frame that's like all like. Uh, I guess stats I'm wondering on. what like the lowest edge of your of your of your resolution settings are right now. Like, what's the lowest you're letting the resolution get? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Like, because there's, if, if there's a dynamic resolution option, then I think like there's like a lower bound. That you oh, I didn't set. see, I didn't see like a dynamic resolution. I option. would look I, for s- it. I saw a, uh, a thing that said like, uh, quality scaling, uh, but it didn't have, but it didn't have like a resolution slider. But why would it drop it? so hard in just cutscenes? That's the part. Because the assets are like the way. same assets that they're using elsewhere. No, like, they're not. No, because like you, it's like when they when they go into an in-game cutscene, then they load like the ultra high resolution textures on the characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like NPC models get more detailed, and I think that the yeah. the quality of the depth of field gets jacked up. Probably they don't use like a video asset. They're actually doing no it. because it's, it's all in-game. Because there are two characters and a shitload of equipment that you can equip, so there's no way to know what you would look like. Yeah. And the uh, the and there the, are pre-rendered cutscenes in the game, but they're always mm-hmm. flashbacks where they can strict yeah. where they have strict control sure. of everything. Yeah. And the uh, the in-game cutscenes look really good because the faces look really good, the lip-syncing looks really good. You know, like it's it's well, very impressive. The pre-rendered stuff kind of looks like doo-doo by comparison because there's a bunch of ma- like macro blocking and compression yep. problems. Yep. But like it just my my frame rate just goes so to shit during those in game cutscenes that and I don't want to have to play the rest of the game at a lower resolution just so the just so that the welcome to four K scenes yeah it's really. a kick in the balls yeah what frame rate are you trying to play at uh, right now I have it set the there is a thing where you can set a target frame rate and my target frame rate is forty five well but it still doesn't make any sense to me though because do you have a variable refresh rate display no it's sixty. So why not just lock it at 30? Because 30 because when I locked it at 45, it stays between or because it, it doesn't really lock at 45. It like looks it tries to get a target of 45. And at 45 it seemed like it was staying between 28 and 45. I see and like at that. 30 it's, it was usually lower than 30. Isn't that going to cause like cadence and refresh problems with a monitor that's trying to run at 60? I don't know. Maybe. Hi, stupid. It doesn't. doesn't, It doesn't. I'm running around the world. It just does during the cutscenes. Like I said, I'm surprised Matt experiences any problems when it can run fine on an Xbox One X and Matt's computer. I mean, Xbox Xbox One X X doesn't have all. First of all, is running at 30 frames per second. Uh, Second of all, Xbox One X's memory bandwidth is higher than most video video cards on the market. It's Mm -hmm. pretty. That's one of the reasons why it punts above its weight is its memory bandwidth. 
which is across both like normal system RAM and video memory. And um, you know, like the by default, I always like every game that I start up, I set on ultra, and then like when it doesn't work, then I start moving down instead of like starting at what i know will work because i just want to see like how far i can push it sure i would turn down like depth of field quality i I turned that was the first thing i turned off i turned off depth of field actually oh man i really like the depth of field in that game but i i i mean the the mid-gen consoles are running that game at 30 yeah. So I think that like that's like strike one right there is that you're trying to run that game at 4K at 60 or Probably. at 45, like which yeah. is just not. Yeah. It's really hard for anything that's not a 2080, and I and I think that uh, I don't know what CPU you're running. Um, I'm running a uh, Core i7 7500K. Is that what it's called? Maybe I'm blanking I, on it now. I know that but Far Cry a, 4 an, is a game that's like extremely whatever. CPU dependent and it's actually really difficult to run that game at above well, the, 4K 30. Well the interesting the interesting like what I said how it can bring up the it can hit F1 and bring up a bunch of uh, a bunch of stats about how well the game is running. Um, it actually shows the load on my GPU and on all of my and all of my CPU cores and all my CPU cores are operating uh, I know I'm GPU limited because all my CPU cores are running at 23 to 30% mm. and the GPU is running it constantly at 99. Yeah, I I'll look at, <laughs> Okay. I'll look wow, at the settings a little bit tonight, but there should be a variable refresh rate because that's what the, the yeah. consoles do. And I think yeah. the Far Cry has the same thing. Yeah, I'll take um, a look at that. Although the Xbox One version manages to stay like around, like I think its lowest is around eighteen hundred p, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah, um, and that game looks great. Yeah, um, are you playing in HDR? Is that I you am. have that working? I am playing in HDR. Yeah, the uh, the latest Windows updates and stuff like that make HDR pretty seamless if a game supports it. The new, like the October update. Not not even that one. The one before the okay. the uh, the Spring Creators update or whatever it was. Speaking of four K and HDR. You can watch the new trailer for. Actually, it's, it's, this is totally a bad transition, but yeah, why not? <laughs> they put yeah, out why a, not? they put out a new trailer for the story campaign of that uh, game that's never coming out, Star Citizen. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I, I thought when I watched it was like, you know, like like I just kept. It just makes you think of Jurassic Park. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. Mm. Because. Every two seconds in that trailer, that's like a minute and thirty seconds long. You're like, I've seen that actor. I that that person that Henry Cavill. Like, you're just like, what Henry Cavill? Is in that I, game? I am almost positive that that's who I saw in that game, <laughs> along with Mark Hamill. Uh, what? what's Mark her? Hamill, I knew. Like Dana that, Scully, what's her name? Uh, Jillian Anderson. Jillian yeah, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, and like a bajillion other actors that. Arthur would know the name of uh-huh. that I've just recognized as like oh that's like that cop you from say that, that TV like a pejorative show. that guy that's like Indiana Jones's handler in all his movies like Indy you know I'll help uh, you out in this place like, right 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 he's always his buddy like I forget that actor's name I didn't Jonathan Reese Myers I didn't even know that guy was still alive uh, but he's in that game he lost a ton of weight so yeah and yeah in his skinny version of that game my my concern for that game among aside from holy shit is that game ever coming out is the fact that it's running in an engine that is not at all designed for modern video hardware yeah sure like like CryEngine is not a modern engine at this point like that is not an engine that's optimized for current gpus like 
So yeah, and all just, digital foundries testing. Are they, the, tw- the 2080 is not. I thought running. they switched away. I thought it they is, switched engines. I didn't. They switched to the Amazon, which is still lumberyard engine, which is based founded in Cry off Engine. Cry engine. Uh, yeah. So, but maybe like they're they they're like fixing the renderer over time, just like the way that uh, the various Call of Duty studios have be. updated the renderer and the Quake Three engine. Either way, mm-hmm. I think everyone should watch that trailer just to get a feel of like someone sat down and was like. I love this movie and this actor. This movie and this actor. <laughs> Do they get Here's like my a, list of everyone I want in our game. A release <laughs> like, timeline or estimate? Or not at all. No. <laughs> not so. even a little. Yeah, this was during their <laughs> annual conference thing they do. Yeah, and, uh, which like was all fucked up. They tried to I, do it in client. As a way early backer, I still get the emails. And so I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, it's a trailer. And I was like, the fuck are all Does it look in good? Game? In, they show in that two-minute trailer they probably show eight seconds of gameplay and then the rest of it is like it's this fucking actor though Does saying the story looks decent i it's incoherent to me it's literally just look at these actors saying lines wow but it yeah their faces and stuff look really great it, it is honestly, the spruce goose of video games honestly i think their cutscenes <laughs> look on par with like a lot of the ones halo has yeah like in theirs like the best stuff that halo has it looks uh, as good as that but i'm just like Exactly, Arthur. The Spruce Goose is it's just like <laughs> it is like the, the Spruce Goose of video games. Yeah, I'm just like somebody who's got like eight foot long fingernails working on that game. I know, yeah, it's I know. never gonna I just, come out. I just, I am really afraid for that game. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I just assume that that money I put into that thing, you know, the most I can do with it right now is I could drive the ship that I bought years ago around. Yep. you paid a for bit. a good story to tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At this yeah. point, I just consider it lost. And dude, there there are people that have spent tens of thousands of dollars on yes, shit. And a game that's that not game. out yet. Yeah. And during the this whale conference, is not an accurate term for that. Like a no. mammoth. I yeah. Think. yeah, 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 yeah. In like this conference, they definitely showed more things you could buy. Uh-huh. So, you know. Like, yep. They're constantly coming out with things that you can buy to support development of a game that's never coming out. I don't think it's never coming out. I don't think it's never coming out either. But there's no way it's going to... It's never going to meet anywhere close to expectations. Like the was completed, it just didn't fly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this will come out, but who knows if it'll end up being very good. Yeah, you know, I have a I have a cousin. He and his wife both, you know, were early backers, and they they play it every now and then. They, they're, they're, they're both gamers, now. and and it's so like you know, I went I went over to their house when I was uh, visiting Idaho recently, and like they they were showing me some Star Citizen stuff, and they were playing around. I was like, yeah, this looks really great. And they was like, yeah, look at this planet. Look how incredible this planet is. And they flew down what to the planet and flew over it. And I was like, can you do anything here? There? No, no, no. You can't do anything here yet. Well, can you go down in that crater that looks like there's a say, Yeah, I can go down there. Is there anything down there? No, but look how cool this architecture is. And I'm like right. I'm like it sounds like you can't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's like yeah. when launch No Man's Sky makes your like when you make launch No Man's Sky look like a full feature video game. Yeah. Like that is a problem. Yeah, it's just it's lacking the systems and stuff, but yes, the world looks very impressive and yes, you can fly around a space station and yes, there's like all these things. It's like if you showed me this and you were like, and in two years it's coming out. And that was the first time I ever saw it. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Right. But yeah, this many years on. I mean, what's like, the game The Frontier did? Uh, the, yeah, that game. Uh, Jesus. Uh, bu- 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 I don't remember. The space Elite. An Elite Dangerous. Yeah. Oh, Elite Dangerous. I mean, Elite yeah. feels Dangerous. like it was doing, like, kind of ate that game's lunch yes, years it did, ago. And it did everything, and it's been currently expanding, and they're always, like, introducing new things and new events for everyone. Yeah, Elite is doing what that game said it wanted to do. Only Elite came out in, like, a normal human timeline. So, and well, 
continued to update and be released. It was, uh, yeah, like I think Elite has probably come a long way, definitely since the last time I played it. Because the last time I played it, it was like it was super thin. Yeah. No. I, when was the last time you played it? Like four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, Five I mean, years it's ago. It's gotten quite a bit of content. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on every console now too, except for no, Switch. Well. Although, who knows? Maybe big Switch <laughs> announcement incoming. <laughs> yeah, one hundred ninety-four million dollars so far for Star Citizen. Really raised? Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, which uh, which that's just like crowdfunding. Is that like including ship purchases? No, that's ship purchases. That goes oh, okay. into the crowdfunding. Okay. Yeah, that's but still that's ridiculous. Like Rockstar looks at that budget and says, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just, is this ever coming out? I just, I just like I said, I watched the trailer. I was just like. Wow. I, okay. How much does it cost to make like? How much does it cost to make like GTA Five? I don't know. Uh, GTA Five's budget was put high eight figures. Yeah, I think Red Dead's budget is I've heard nine figures. So when you when say, was Star Citizen announced? I Arthur did the press appointment for that while I was still at IGN. I want to say was, was I still at IGN? I don't know. I think it might. Have, it was either super late 2012 or very early 2013. Okay. I think it was early 2013. We will have seen two Rockstar open world games <laughs> in the time since that game was announced, and it still is not out yet. Yeah. yeah. They're still working on Alpha 3.3 or whatever it is at this point. So I just... Man, I I don't know. Everyone should go watch that trailer, though, just because... Tell me if I'm right. I think it's Henry Cavill that appears briefly <laughs> in it. The, the now former Superman? I had no idea that man was an English man. Yeah. In real life. His accent's until, not terrible. Until the next video that rolled up was a video of him talking, and I, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you were Superman! <laughs> What's hilarious Superman is, is, American, it, is <laughs> in The Man From U.N.C.L.E., he plays a CIA agent, and Army Hammer plays a Russian agent. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking weird. Uh, uh, that's strange. Yeah, yeah. anyways. Uh, I don't know, Matt, have you played any video games? Other than other than Odyssey, just Destiny. Um, oh, I've been Destiny I've been never super super busy on stuff. Man, fucking Forsaken, so good. Um, they just keep releasing. They just keep like doing stuff with Forsaken. It's like three. They had like a three week cycle, and like they they have story missions and like sh- strikes that come up, and I don't know the the raid got released. Supposedly the raid is really really good. I haven't got to play it yet. Um. Yeah, you talk about news. I really like it. Like it remind, it kind of reminds me like um, a couple like when Forsaken first came out, like about a month ago. Arthur, you said is people have been hoping that Forsaken will do for uh, for Destiny Two what the Taken King did for Destiny One. I was like, eh, I don't know. And now I would say absolutely. I mean, it's kept all you guys going. Yeah, it's, well, it it it, it we'll is. See. I I feel like it is better than the Taken King easily. Um. It's great. It's fun. I have no doubt people will keep playing. They might take a break for a while, but then they'll come back. A lot yeah, of my I friends will, that yeah, we'll Destiny see what, what things for... look like after Blackout. Yeah. yeah. After Black Ops comes yep. out. And maybe Battlefield, although Battlefield has gone the shockingly silent. Hmm. Weird. Um, I would like to play, a, I played a little bit more of Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. Right. So I was going to bring that up because. Uh, the rumors going around that Microsoft's yeah. going to buy them. I know, crazy. Which, I mean, I kind of wonder if that's something that's been in talks for a long time because there was like, was it a couple of years ago where Obsidian was working on like a big project that got canceled? Yeah, 
I don't remember um, what it was, but yeah. I, when was that? Was that like 2014? Alpha Protocol 2. <laughs> was that free Spencer? I don't know. But I don't know. Like, I wonder if that, like, Microsoft was the person that canceled that project. But possibly. Um, yeah, Microsoft is going on a hiring or on a, on a, continues their studio acquisition spree. And what I was seeing some speculation of was like, they're looking for other PC developers. And so, like, I saw yeah. Relic's name floating. And you're going to have, and you're going to have a mouse and keyboard support on Xbox One, so why not? Yeah. Like, I'm really happy that, like, Relic Obsidian did. has done so well for themselves. I, I have not, there's been nothing solid about Relic, but people were speculating mm. that Relic might be. Might be on the options as well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind that. No, me either. Let them make an Age of Empires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like- it's been a while <laughs> since Relic made a Relic, quote, game that I enjoyed. Yeah. Because called Company of Heroes Two was not Company amazing. Of Heroes Two was good. It and, was fine. And my understanding is the multiplayer actually got pretty exceptional many years later. But Dawn of War, oh, what a crushing disappointment that was to me. Like, <laughs> like just I, so much so that I just uh, I couldn't believe I was like playing it and then right that you it. you mm-hmm. actually like filled out the survey when you uninstalled it with like with like ten thousand characters of feedback so that I could try <laughs> and explain to them everything that I was like oh no. <laughs> Because um, I was so, I mean, that was like... I know, you were so pumped for that game. Excellent opening trailer for that game. That's the best thing to come out of that game. Yeah, I mean, there's great CG in that in yeah. that game, but... Um, well, yeah, totally disappointment. Um, we did get some letters if we want to do a few letters. Sure, let's do yeah, some letters. Yeah, let's do some letters. I'm going to get some more water. The first letter comes from Henry Mark V. That's why you were laughing. <laughs> yeah, well, Henry Mark V just had... Uh, Mark V? Wasn't he just Mark IV? He was Mark IV about a year ago. Oh, he, but he's that was Mark why we got disqualified from the the Battlegrounds right, tournament because he changed his forgot his designation. Didn't sign up. Uh, anyways, silly robot. Hurricane Michael just went over his house. Yeah. Um, oh shit. So he says the power station that provided power to my local substation has been completely destroyed. Although my co-op has been trying to reroute power to us, I could be without power for a while. Fortunately, through the power of gasoline. And by the generosity of Verizon, who's made data free there, hmm. I am able to download Bobo tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he says, please ask your readers to donate to the human victims in Panama City. That place got murdered. Yeah, it was more oh. or less wiped off, yeah, off he, the face of the earth. He doesn't live there, but he's like, he got off. His place got pretty fucked up, but he's like, you know, everyone just came out of their houses afterwards and just mm-hmm. took out chainsaws because everyone has chainsaws there because they're so used to storms and wow. just immediately chopped up everything. Yeah, it was have. the... Uh, highest wind speed, the most powerful hurricane to hit the Florida Panhandle, I think, yeah. ever. I mean, yeah, you saw signs and stuff that were just stripped down to the metal because everything just got ripped off. It, it was, was like, uh, literally two miles per hour shy of a Category 5 when it hit land. So, Whoa. Yeah, he says, donate there, and hopefully his TI 1080Ti won't overload his gas generator. <laughs> Bobo yellow. <laughs> Bobo yellow. And I can't believe that, man. Like, I just wow. think about my gaming situation and all the things sometimes I'm like, but I'm not gaming on a gas generator with Verizon <laughs> wireless powering my internet. So. No, I mean, if shit goes wrong here, it goes wrong and it stays wrong. Like mm. it's not wind or water. It's the earth moving. Yeah. Take care of yourself. That's Henry. scary as it is too. I've been learning about liquefaction zones. I think Alameda, the city of Alameda, some of it is in a liquefaction area. Oh, is it? I like, think so. have you looked up your property? Yeah, but I'm not sure if we are on it or if it's near us. I forget, but yeah. 
I don't fully understand what that means either. So it just means that the the ground is not solid enough. Like, yeah, where I grew up in Southern California, um, basically all of Orange County is floodplain for the Santa Ana River, and is one giant liquefaction zone. They'll just like sink. You know, so large part of me feels earthquake. like guilty about living where I live. Sometimes I'm like, should I move? I don't know. Am I putting move somewhere else where they're just going to have different disasters? To I mean. Yeah, I don't know what disasters you're going to outrun at this point. Yeah, well, there's no such thing. No, but you but <laughs> live in a been. non-liquefaction zone. That's just yeah. a, not all of the East Bay is a liquefaction zone. No. So no. that's what I'm saying. Should I move? You know, because I'm like, ah. Not because of that. <laughs> but it's not just whether you live on a, on a liquefaction zone. It's like there are some areas that are prone to, like, movement where the building code, like, has been updated and they're not sort of safe. The one thing I'll say about my house that makes me feel somewhat more safe is that I'm like, well, at least it's a one-story building. So yeah. hopefully if things collapse, it's not... It'll probably still kill me, but it won't be that much stuff to clear off me. <laughs> um, is yeah. your house bolted to the foundation? I have no clue, Arthur. But I know that it survived the I worst... I think that's a California building code so. thing. <laughs> it, well, it probably didn't survive the 1906 earthquake. <laughs> True, it was built shortly after that. I mean, literally... After 1906? House, yeah, this house is, was built in 1928. Wow, wow. In. It originally the the shed that I have in my backyard is where the outhouse was. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a has glass. Now fu- it smells slightly better. It has glass fuses, <laughs> like when they pop. Really, it's like watching a Christmas story where you have to actually go get the glass fuse and put it in. Whoa. That's interesting. I had never seen that. When it happened, I was like, "Oh, well, where's the thing where you open the thing and then you flip the switch?" I didn't understand how to make any. It didn't, how to do it, so. Wow, I didn't even know those were illegal. This is a question mainly... Building codes tend to get grandfathered in. This Mm -hmm. is a question... Yes, for instance, I actually have a gas heater in our bedroom, and that's illegal in the state of California to have a gas-based heater that could murder you in your bedroom. Yeah, because carbon monoxide. But this one's allowed because it was grandfathered in. That being said, we keep it turned off. We just don't use it. We have have a gas heater in our house, too. It's the only way that we can eat. But it's right in our bedroom. bedroom. Yeah, we do. Oh, really? It's it's the only one in our house. Yeah. Uh, Joseph says... This is a question mainly for Arthur, but I'd love to hear everyone's opinions on it. Um, until I began painting minis, I had never had an interest in creating art. I was terrible at drawing and I was not very creative. After I started looking into mini painting, I discovered a creative outlet. Uh, it helped that I had a knack for it. I began to learn about brush techniques, etc., etc., etc. But his question is, is mini painting a form of art? Absolutely. I don't, it depends on like what definition of art you're using like if like it's like the broad dictionary definition of art or like capital a culture art yeah i feel Um, like you can have both but the capital a culture art version of mini painting would be like taking minis and mishmashing it and creating a sculpture all your own and stuff no i mean i wouldn't even i would i think it's like about intent and sort of concept because sometimes you're not trying to say anything with it you're trying to make it look cool yeah, or your ability to lie about what it's saying, like to make something up that's believable. <laughs> that is art in a nutshell. It is art in a nutshell. Uh, I think crafts. Yeah, there's like, certainly a degree of craft to it. It's, I mean, it, there it, it it's crafts. Like it's like, yeah. You'll you'll hear people say like hobby craft, but it's like crafts, like arts and crafts. It's that kind of thing, and I'm not saying that as pejorative. I don't think that's pejorative. Um, but then you'll see you'll see a um, you'll see some really creative mini painters who will do like just kind of really amazing original stuff that they'll kind of like use their paint to tell a story on top of the actual miniature. And there's there's a I, I think that there's always 
a level that you can bring to the table that's higher than it initially seems. I think like there's a point where you start to think about what is capital A art, a art versus like when is someone an artist? Sure. Um, I think that like I try to sidestep that in discussing what I do. Like I, I'm like, I, I'm a painter. Like I don't like, there's like ideas behind the work that I do, but I don't, I'd sort of like have paranoia about going toward capital A art when I talk about it. Um, I need you to do that <laughs> so that then, you know, we can sell your stuff. You can live in a mansion. <laughs> No, so I, I'll be a hundred percent real with you right now. The way it works is like I get to the point where I start to have a career and I give you a drawing, and then that is valued at a certain amount. And then five years from then, you take it to an appraiser and have it valued at like five times the initial amount because of the way that art works is it appreciates in value over time. Uh, so you hold on to it as it uh, appreciates. And then in a year where you have a particular kind of tax liability, you donate that drawing <laughs> to a museum <laughs> to get out of those tax liabilities <laughs> based on the appreciation over what the initial value of the piece was. So I can use it to get out of my taxes cause I'm rich. Like art is in many regards, <laughs> a complex tax avoidance scheme. Arthur, I'm planning on getting rich, so let's get this rolling. Tonight, I'm going to leave with like seven napkin drawings. And man, there we go. Wow, that's that's it. I kind of have heard some of that before, but yeah, I and that might start to change. Like it's it was that way in Canada as well, and Canada is actually starting to crack down on it because like. They don't want people making sort of frivolous assertions of value. Like, uh, so you're saying that sometimes rich people don't buy art because they want to just appreciate the art. No, I, I would say most people don't buy art to appreciate the art. Like most people buying expensive art, like that's not what they're buying it for. Hmm. They're buying it as like a an asset, like as a tax liability, like deferment. It's depressing. I I mean, why is that more depressing than some? asshole just wants to look at himself or a guy commissions a portrait of his mistress's vulva <laughs> i assume that's In a real thing because i was excruciating very <laughs> was anatomical very detail it is yeah no it's a, it's a like a painting like it's a very famous painting where they literally just figured out whose vulva it was <laughs> jacob writes he says for a game studio does the length of time being in existence matter more than a studio that has large cash flow. Wait, let me read that again. I feel like my brain shut off. <laughs> For a game studio, does the length of time being in existence matter more than a studio that has large cash flow? Longevity versus cash flow is the name of this. I'm trying to understand. For it, it's like, does it, uh, well, assuming that he What means- matters more, cash it or cash, I guess? Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, cash? Always cash. Cash matters more than everything. Welcome to capitalism. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's my gut reaction. Anthony is the only actual game developer to stay here. open. Sure, but there are probably some places that have been open long enough that they can continue to get contracts that keep enough cash flow to keep. That's them alive. a good point. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know the who were the fucking Duke Nukem developers that did nothing for ten years but were able to keep 3D getting realms. money. Three D realms. Yeah. They were able to keep getting 
money and keep switching publishers to give them more money to like keep developing a product that never actually happened because they had like one ultra successful name and recognizable the, product. And I'll question is finally clicking with me too. Like to a degree, there is something to be said if you've been open a long time and retained the same people mm. that uh, you can probably get more done in a shorter amount of time than a studio that just has a really big and a ton of cash if they've never worked together and you don't have like a workflow or anything like that down. Like, you know, if, if if we had, like, the guys that made every... Like, if the, guy, the Prey, let's say Prey had been a very successful game. They went on to make Prey 1 through 5, and then someone 10 years from now said, we want you to make a game like Prey again. I would they say, probably do it. like, a better example of that would be id. Sure. Mm. Like, id after a certain point, like, despite the fact that, like, John Romero left, like... Until John Carmack left, it was still like a very known core of people at that studio. Right. And so you could count on them to do a certain thing, you know, in a way that like you could have all the money of the world. But like when they start up a new studio, when you're going to throw all the money at it, you still have to work through the kinks of like figuring out how people work together. It just doesn't actually surprisingly, it just, or maybe not surprisingly, it just does not happen because people, everyone comes into it from wherever they were before with like, well, here's the way I'm used to doing things. And mm-hmm. you line up with very different expectations. I've experienced it myself where I'm like, I tend to do things a little bit more by the seat of my pants because that's the, way the place I worked at. And then I've worked with people who are like from Riot and are like, everything's planned out eight months in advance. We do it very slow. And so when they get surprised by something that's kind of seat of the pants, they're like, this is what? Like, why are I can't? They just almost can't work that way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but like the, as usual, those kind of situations, you hope that you have some sort of balance between those two and that you're able to oh, yeah, adapt. Seat of the pants is not the best way to work all the time. Not all the time, but no. you need to be able to work by, you need to be able to work that way when you have to. Um, let's see. Uno. In video production, you work by seat of your pants a lot of the time because a client will call you up and say, we need you to do this project next week that we know about for six months but decided not to execute on until a week before we need it done. Right. Sometimes seat of your pants is not a choice. It is It is just a forced-on lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Morgan writes in and says, Nowadays when I play world games, I place a lot of value in how well they let me roleplay my character. A lot of this comes through in story and decisions, of course, but also in little details. And The Witcher 3. What is with, like, the giant trucks all around your window? It's not a sudden? giant truck. It's a fucking diesel pickup. <laughs> Dude, I can smell it. Roll coal on them. Um, there are giant trucks and diesel pickups outside because there are 17 million large-scale construction projects <laughs> in Lake Merritt right now. Uh, there are four fucking massive construction ca- cranes within view of my apartment. Wow. In The Witcher 3, running around everywhere didn't make sense, so I walked. I turned off the mini-map and used signposts and landmarks to find my way around cities. I've since done the same with Breath of the Wild, which is smartly designed to support this playstyle. I find this way of playing ultimately more enriching for enjoying the lore and appreciating great world design, as if I was paying more attention to the other details that passed me by on first playthroughs when I was treating them more like a video game-ass video game. It's satisfying to fulfill what feels like complete simulation of Geralt's life or Link's survival adventures. I was wondering if you've ever played a game like this. I've heard the exploration mode in AC Odyssey encourages players to roleplay as a navigator or a stealthy badass. I'm very excited that Red Dead seems to move in this direction as well. So so you said that he didn't ride a horse either? He walked. So Yeah, no, I'd never do that. First, uh, I'll deal with the last part of his letter first. He's talking about Red Dead and like yeah. there was the story 
that uh, if you disable the minimap or whatever in Red Dead, the NPCs would give more explicit directions. Yeah. That's actually wrong. Mm. Like, that's not... They always give explicit directions. Mm. Um, this is according to Alana Pierce, formerly of IGN, who <laughs> just played the game pretty mm. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the directions are are decent in, ex- in exploration mode in Odyssey. I played that way for like maybe 10 hours and then I'm playing that way right now decided that there are better things to do with my life than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is one of those things that's, that seems like there's uh, I, it feels like one of those age gap issues where like the older you get, the more you pile on your responsibilities, the more you feel like you don't have time to like Jesus. It's like a demolition we, we derby to going bring on outside. It's a real life version of Big Mother Truckers. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I would say I don't understand, but I think I do. It's just that, like those people want to show everyone how powerful their truck is. <laughs> I, but, which I don't know what purpose that serves, no, other than to make someone's small penis feel bigger. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, what was I saying? Old, oh yeah, it, sa- it sounds people. like it sounds like an old people versus young people issue, where it's like uh, I've talked about That's this true. a couple times. Where uh, I feel like the older I get, the more I can feel any any particular task that I'm engaged in at the moment is immediately measurable against the amount of life that I have left on the earth. And if what I am doing does not give me an enjoyment above anything else that I could be doing at that moment reasonably, then it's not worth doing. And one of the things that in me is not worth doing anymore is playing open world games without a fucking fast travel. <laughs> I mean, but didn't you literally just say that you're doing exploration mode in Odyssey? I am, but uh, it's with exploration mode. You it at least gives you hints to to areas, and when you get close enough, you all, you can get you bring up Icarus and find it up anyway, Icarus which is kind of hilarious. Right it yeah. kind of undermines the whole point of exploration mode when you get like within two hundred and fifty meters. Of it. It's like <laughs> call up your bird. Yeah, <laughs> you can turn off that notification if you want to, but yeah, the uh, I don't know how you'd fucking find anything. In exactly, that game. that's what I'm talking about. Like uh, I like having the hints to a direction, but I want the bird because I don't want to fucking run around and around and around. Uh, uh, areas searching for a fucking cave entrance. I do think that there are clearly people who feel differently in addition to our letter writer because like they're the people that like the super hardcore Arma type shit where it's like <laughs> I need this game to be as punishing as possible. Yeah. It's like as you get older like the sex has to be weirder and kinkier. You just can't <laughs> get off. Like <laughs> I've only played one game that way and it was because the game was designed to be played that way and it mm-hmm. was also from 1999. It was the Outcast game. Oh, uh-huh. And because an Outcast you had to run everywhere. There was no fast traveling, so I did play it that way. But and also, you, you there were times you needed to locate a specific person in a city. But the nice thing about Outcast, and I don't know if Odyssey does this, is that you could go up to talk to any person in the world in that game. Any person could be mm-hmm. stopped and talked to, and you could always ask them for the location of a specific person. So then they would say he's just around the corner, you know, and mm-hmm. so you could get that sort of granular ability to find things you know those signs inside of like warehouses or or machine shops Mm -hmm. where like people where there are accidents and there's like the like sign on the thing that says this many days since an accident Uh i need like a digital readout like that on my wall that says number of days since anthony mentioned outcast yeah (laughs) that's like the only so i could like just click it time as soon as (laughs) that's the only game i play that way otherwise 
I am one, and that was because I had to. Otherwise, I fast travel. Even Zelda. Yeah. The only reason I I didn't fast travel occasionally in that game would be because if I had gotten off the beaten path and then I heard the sound of like a, a nut or some other thing to find, it was easy for me to follow a breadcrumb. But I never intentionally went. I'm just gonna head east on my horse. Like I just didn't do that. If it once I'd explored the area, otherwise I, I, I would always fast travel. Like I just don't. Yeah, I, just I pretty don't much. Do that always fast travel in open world games I stuck. except when i don't because there will be times where i'll just be like i want to see what it's like to ride my horse from between these two locations in skyrim you know what it's like you know it's slower <laughs> it's slower but like there's world simulation stuff that happens and there's also art that's really nice to see but i'll i'll do it and then I'll like go back to fast traveling for yeah, you know like the, the next quarter of the game or I whatever. Also in that, Skyrim it's just kind of nice to be in the world. Like yeah. the music kicks in in a certain way and it's like it's just nice out yeah. here. I'm just going to spend some time. Yeah. I played games that forced me <laughs> to play the way that he opts in to play. Like yeah. the original EverQuest, no fast travel options. So <laughs> right. you had to fucking run across a continent. I hope you didn't die so you could reach a bind point. And you can only have one bind point. So then if you ever wanted to go back, run across the continent to go to a bind point. Don't fall off the fucking boat, because if you fall off the fucking boat, you have to wait real time or life for the boat to come back around to come get you. One thing that's <laughs> kind of interesting in Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that when you fast travel, like, time passes. Yeah. So, I didn't know that. like, there's targets that you're tracking that move around the world. Like, sometimes it's like a mercenary or, like, a soldier that, like, moves around or, like, mm-hmm. a leader. And, like, if you fast travel to where they are, when you get there, they may not be there. <laughs> Uh, or if you if you meditate, mm-hmm. that also causes time to pass. So mm-hmm. like if you meditate, your target may be farther away than they were when you started. Yeah, well, um, well, that was the thing. That was one of the things that like turned me off of Witcher Three right away. Was that I just couldn't fast travel from anywhere. I had to go to between stupid signposts to do it. Did you? Did you? You didn't play Witcher Three much. I didn't play it much. I tried it again about. Uh, eight or nine months ago, and the first thing I did was download a fast travel mod, which made it a lot more enjoyable for me, but I still didn't finish it. I, I still game, didn't play more than like maybe four or five hours. That game actually ends remarkably well, in my mm. opinion, outside of some boss fight stuff. Yep. But, you know, like I can see the value in playing a game like that. Yeah, Morgan's also like 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely an old man versus young man thing. Yeah old person versus young person thing maybe 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 it comes back again after you're retired (laughs) i I felt this i felt like not wasting time for years (laughs) like in fallout 3 like i fast traveled everywhere in oblivion i fast traveled everywhere like yeah just like i don't even like to stop and save the game there's too much shit that i want to do like video I, i really like video games right clearly i hope clearly i but there's a lot of shit in the world, like a lot of people that I'd like to meet mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of like things that I'd like to create and see and do. Mm-hmm. And life is too short not to fast travel. <laughs> exactly. All I have time for is video games. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways. You have pets, too. Th- yeah, I do. I have pets who need their medications pets tonight. With ongoing medical so, conditions. It's well, still earlier than it was ongoing last Ongoing medical conditions, and also we treat our pets like royalty. Like, <laughs> like kids, like your kids. I, yeah. I give them supplements and all kinds of stuff. So, PP gets 
her hip medicine mixed in with a little bit of weed oil and <laughs> sets her off real good sleep. Nice. So, uh, take care of your pets. Letters at eat-sleep-game.com. I'm at Chuff Money on Twitter and on Twitch. Arthur's on Twitter at A-E-G-I-E-S as well as Twitch. And if you go to patreon.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S, you can see the stuff that Arthur's writing about and give him your coffee money. Or just give me money because <laughs> I'm the one that edits this shit and pays for Libsyn and fucking website hosting. I don't know. It's true. Know. And it has for years. And now it's he's fine. a poor college Forgo student. a burrito. That's what I always tell people. A Taco Bell burrito, forego one. Man, for- Who eats burritos at Taco Bell? Grilled stuffed burritos, maybe. Ugh. No, thank you. I think people eat tacos, Doritos, Locos, tacos, and chalupas. <laughs> I, get, no. I get the cheese bean rice. I'm going to go into Taco Bell and say, when's the last time someone ordered a burrito in this fucking restaurant? And they're going to say, no one has ever they're ordered a burrito. They said, when was the last time Anthony was here? Because he always gets burritos. The last time um, I went to a Taco Bell was because I was forced to. We were staying in a location where there was literally nothing else for us to eat. It was the only thing that was open. So we went to a Taco Bell. And I got two bean and cheese burritos, and they gave me diarrhea. I'll eat Taco Bell and not feel guilty about it. I actually, when I was in um, Burbank for Mm Spider-Man, like to consult on Spider-Man, I went out of my way to eat it at Del Taco. (laughs) I love me some Del Taco. Del Tacos are better. I like me. It had been so long since I'd eaten it at Del Taco. (laughs) I love Taco Bell. Do you want me to fucking ruin your life right now? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Taco Bell delivers through Grubhub now. Oh, I know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're not surprising me there <laughs> I have you done about, it yet no because it's like the minimum order at least for mine is like 15 dollars oh I'm like, jesus i'm like i can't do that that's, no that's too much that's like a week's worth of food <laughs> that's Seriously. too much like i get it they want it to be like hey you all want some taco bell let's do taco bell uh-huh. so we but should I, do taco bell for extra life is what you're saying because yeah, as, as 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 me and a person at my house i cannot justify it if my wife wanted to get on it maybe do you but really that, want but me to have even with two people stream? eating taco bell you're only at 10 dollars exactly so i'm just like uh, i can't i can't yeah um and matt's at talking orange on twitter and at matt chandrenay on twitch yep so oh james is james underscore faulkner oh yeah that guy exists on twitter on twitch Twitch he's often just twitch or e-root yep yep that's it thanks for listening outcast love you